Hello, 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 and welcome to the Stiletto Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to safe spaces for women of color. Um, I am your host, Paula Hutchinson, and today we have our um, just powerhouse in education, Dr. Felicia Young. Um, Dr. Felicia Young is the owner of Higher Minds Education, as well as a contributor uh, often to the Stiletto Talks magazine. So you all will be able to hear her voice. You see her words and all of the things that she talks about. Um, but now you'll be able to hear her words again. And she's actually a veteran. She's one of the first people that we've ever had on the podcast. And so she continues to uh, be a part of the movement of making sure that we have safe spaces to discuss, become educated, and to do life together. So thank you again for uh, being with us. Us, Dr. Young. Thank you uh, for having me. Can you please uh, refresh everybody on exactly who you are and your background? <laughs> Thank you. I am Dr. Felicia Young, and I am the owner and founder of Higher Minds of Education, which is a college and career readiness um, company. We assist students and adults in completing FAFSA, finding scholarships, as well as just making sure you're overall prepared to start the next journey of your life. Oftentimes we push students into a four year, but two year is just as good as a four year. Beauty and Barber is just as great as a four year. So we work with those students also that are interested in starting the workforce to prepare them with um, resumes, making sure they have proper um, interviewing skills as well as able to speak properly and look people in the eyes they interview. So we do a multitude of those things. I have been working in financial aid for ooh, <laughs> 16 years. Time flew by. <laughs> um, so I've been doing this work for about that long, just ensuring that students in Louisiana, as well as all of the United States are prepared for the next journeys of their life. The um, amazing thing is that I get to work with adults as well, and we get to help them upskill or reskill and just get back into school, um, making sure that they have the funds needed to pay for school as they are parents and they are facing the world that is crazy um, with this workforce, making sure they also have resumes and just the skills they need. So I enjoy the work that I do, and I do thank you so much for having me on again. Thank you. Well, we love having you because every time you come on, you drop gems, uh, knowledge. Um, we get a lot of rotation from your voice. Um, and that is just a testament to how much you pour into others. And so we thank you um, for sharing your time, your space and your expertise with us. So this is Financial Literacy Month, y'all. Yes, we are in April already. It is hard to believe. And that's no April Fool's. April Fool's was <laughs> yesterday. Um, but that is no April Fool's. We are truly in the second quarter already. The Easter Bunny is here. Uh, spring and winter uh, 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 doing their little last fight. Look like uh, spring is finally coming in. It finally got the last lick in. And here we are now moving into spring. And what that means, of course, is prom season. We see all the pretty prom dresses, all the fly tucks, all the suits, um, all the sneakers, the sneaker balls, and all of these things. Um, but one thing that we also know that is happening right now is preparation for graduation and the next chapter of life. And so for some parents, while they're spending lots of money on prom and other things, they also have to think about education. And education is one of those things, whether you are going to Dr. Young's point, whether you choose a trade school, 
um, career readiness, um, where you kind of uh, have a, a shorter uh, time in school or, or, or learning a skill and then go into the workforce, or if you choose to go to a four-year college, or if you choose to do both, like in my case, I have degrees and trades. So whatever that may look like for you, it's often money is a barrier. As soon as we talk about education, it is just taboo in our culture. We immediately talk about money. We cannot afford that. You better get a scholarship, this, that, and the other. But even with all of that, get scholarships. Sometimes those scholarships are still not enough to compensate the expenses of education beyond high school. So, Dr. Young, please share with us. And I know you are Dr. P Speaks, but we'll let you tell us about that <laughs> afterwards. But um, Dr. Young, how do you feel now? Of course, we had the pandemic, right? We uh-huh. were in the pandemic for a couple of years. And so you had that disconnect maybe with students having access to their counselor consistently. Um, maybe now that they're back in school, maybe their counselor it has been inundated. Maybe they have changed counselors or they may not have one at all. So talk to us a little bit about how the pandemic has impacted uh, FAFSA submissions um, and acquisitions. The pandemic affected education in a very major way, not just only with us all being trapped in the house, having to do our work that way, but coming out of the pandemic now three years, there is still residual effects from the pandemic. Um, There are tons of students who do not have counselors in their school. So I'm happy that you you made that point. There are tons of um, available spaces for teachers and counselors where those positions were filled. They are now empty, you know, and so students are suffering just because who do you talk to at your school about financial aid or ACT or TOPS if you don't really have a counselor? So that is something that's very difficult. I've had parents reach out to me because they don't know where to turn. They don't know who to contact within the state about TOPS requirements or ACT or just completing the FAFSA. So here in Louisiana, FAFSA is a graduation requirement. Okay, so your child cannot graduate without completing the FAFSA. So just making sure that that's done properly is essential because if your student is going to graduate and go off to school, that's something that they need to know. Um, For a lot of students, ACT also is not required because of the pandemic for whatever school they are thinking of attending. Um, ACT has just went away in, in, in some schools, but it's still necessary for a lot of states scholarships. Um, Tops here in Louisiana. Um, I can't think of the one for Texas, but they still require FAFSA. It's just things like that. Scholarships still require FAFSA. So, you know, thinking about what is required and not to require is difficult because who, who knows? Like ACT is required. It's not required. I have to do FAFSA. I don't have to do FAFSA. It's like just trying to figure that out. So it has been very difficult just to navigate those spaces as a student after the pandemic. It's been a lot. So when we have students who may have had those gaps and I just left the innovation school summit and I can tell anybody it's everywhere, um, everywhere. There is um, there were people from as far away as Nebraska, Alaska coming to just get information like what's next? How do I train better? How do I train staff? kids, whatever the case may be. And so you had all of this, this, this nice uh, melange of people to 
together. And what we all discovered is that there are just a lot of deficits in education, period, be it adult education, as well as uh, those who are in secondary education. And when we get to talking about post-secondary education, what is the best advice that you feel you can give for parents? Because the pandemic has come and it just is what it is. The loss is there. We can't dwell on the loss. And I think we've done that a little bit too much. Yeah. Now we got to go forward because kids are still graduating. They're still attending school and they're still looking to do something after high school. What is your advice to parents? Maybe they feel like they're getting a late start, but to not be overwhelmed by that. What do you feel like would be the best advice for them? Okay, for um, parents who have middle school kids, seven, eight, um, younger students, ninth, tenth, I advise them to start planning early. Start having those conversations with your students. Start having them test for ACT. Um, just getting them prepared for the things that are going to come along as they get in those higher grades, 11th and 12th grade. Because by the 12th grade, you've already figured out what you're going to do. So, you know, just having those conversations early, looking for summer intensive summer camps, any activity that a student can be involved in, that's what you should do seventh through 10th grade, really start to prepare, start looking for scholarships, start talking to those seniors who are graduating, get their scholarship list, put it up in a safe, bring it out your senior year, like prepare. For those um, parents who have 11th and 12th graders, it's time to hit the ground running. It is time to actually start applying for scholarships, doing your username and password for FAFSA to have that ready for October. Just things like that, just trying to get as much done as you can, because there is so much that can happen. You know, August will be here soon. Um, all of the big scholarships, they go early. Bill and Melinda Gates, Coca-Cola, Taco Bell, those are all over by November 1. You know, if you are going to go to a school, you need to find out what's their priority deadline for scholarships. A lot of schools make the application for admissions, also the scholarship application. by December one. All the good money is gone. You know, you want to focus, right? You want to focus as, as much as you can to get as much as you can get done before December. You know, when Christmas comes, now it's time to start looking for the, the smaller scholarships, your fraternities, sororities, churches, uh, the light company, your job. Like it's time to start asking those questions. But I say start early. That is my, my best advice is if you start asking other people about scholarships, getting it done, writing it down, writing deadlines down. Like we do, remember Paula back in the 90s, how people would uh, have the Jordan schedule when the Jordans would be released and everybody would leave school to go get, <laughs> that's what we need to do for scholarships because we can prioritize the things that we think are important. So let's prioritize writing those scholarship deadlines down and making sure we are applying on time. So my advice, start early. And for the record, on her site, she does have uh, a guide. So we'll let her talk about that at the end. But I'm telling you, do not wait to the last minute. And let's talk about the real taboo in our culture. And that is sometimes, especially if we we are, our children are going to be first generation to go to school. Or maybe you tried and you did not complete. Often we put these downers and these doubters on our children and you haven't looked at a FAFSA application since California Achievement Test. 
uh, just to kind of date some of us. Um, some of us graduated the same year as Google launched, which would be me. I am the class of 1990. So I am the same age as Google, <laughs> just for re- relevance. And so what happens is, is that it causes our children to disengage because you they're doing something that you don't know how to do. This is where it's time to ask for help. Dr. Young. Yes, ma'am. Why are we not asking for help or tuning into YouTube channels like such as yourself? You have a YouTube channel and you talk about this. Why in the culture are we not having these conversations about becoming educated so that you can assist your child? Because we're one of the most educated generations, especially Gen Xers. We have those from the past to the civil rights movement. You used to Medea before that when, when education was not necessarily promised and often people were selected. And then you went on to give your children everything, too much stuff. And now you upset and mad because you are probably top heavy in debt, which Gen Xers are, it's data proven that we have the most debt. So, when you come, when it comes down to your children, why are we not asking for help? If they mean so much to us, and like you said, the Jordans and the prom dresses and the, the seven, $800 tugs, and uh, they got to have a certain car to go in and they got to eat a certain place. And we got the video, everything like they get married. And don't get me wrong. It is beautiful to see black excellence. I love it. How be it ever? After the show, we are not doing the work behind the scenes to ensure that our children can help to close this wealth gap, because that's what it's really about historically in our communities is the wealth gap. They don't go to school and acquire some type of skill. The wealth gap has the potential to grow. And now with the pandemic, this is where we are, where we have the potential to see the wealth gap stretch even further than what we could ever have imagined um, in modern times. So why are we not getting help? Why don't we just say, you know what, Dr. Young, I just, you say you got a free consultation. Can I please get this consultation and keep the appointment? Because that's the other part. And keep the appointment. Follow through. So talk to us a little bit about that. What are some of the barriers that you see? That was a lot. <laughs> but you know where I'm going. Right, right. You're a backstory because I know you know where I'm going with it. Right, right. Why do we do the most? Why are we, because that's what I really want to say, y'all. Right, uh, why right. are we not doing the, our due diligence to see our children through to make sure that if you don't know how to do it, just like you don't know how to sew a dress, you go get a seamstress. Just like you right. know you don't know how to get no tucks together, you go get that done. You don't know how to cut hair, do hair, you send them for that. But when it comes to these applications, we were falling short. And like, well, you're a counselor, and you know the school don't have no counselor. <laughs> so, so, so let's let's talk about that. Well, what is the issue? What is the barrier? So, so I think for our community, sometimes the business is pushed to the side for the fun, right? And so it has not necessarily been a priority for this particular generation of students. Because I graduated in, in 2000. So that's about 23 years ago. 23 years ago, people was doing their own. <laughs> people were doing their own fast. Like I did my own fast one, had my mama taxes, did everything, told her where I was going. And I had my scholarships and I was out of, you know. But this particular generation has been very 
protected. And, you know, uh, we have a lot of helicopter parents. And to that point, that's a good thing, but it also hinders our students from being able to go into the world. So they've been so sheltered and protected that they are afraid to leave. Therefore, their parents aren't really pushing them to leave. Um, I was in a session with students talking about FAFSA last week. And one young lady said the thing she's excited about is starting her life. But the thing she's most afraid about is leaving home. Right. So they are afraid to leave and we aren't equipping them to leave us, but they have to leave. So financial preparedness is a part of that, teaching them how to complete a FAFSA, teaching them how to manage their money, be able to save and not spend everything. Today's generation really lives in a popcorn mindset. Everybody I talk to from school to school, they want to be influencers. They want to be YouTube stars, but they don't understand that that is a job. So if you are an influencer, you need to know about algorithms and how marketing work works and you know just all sorts of things so you need certificates and degrees and skills and training in that as well so one young lady mentioned to me she wanted to be a nail tech so she was like she came to me after our FAFSA session and said well I don't necessarily want to go to college I want to be a nail tech but you know everybody keeps telling me that being a nail tech I'm not going to make any money so her and I talked through it and I told her you just a nail tech until you're a nail tech for Lizzo or Beyonce, and then, you know, you are, you're on your way. You're able to sustain yourself. So just encouraging them and pushing them to be who they need to be, but also letting them know the steps that it takes. You know, as adults, we have to really be the bad guy. You know, and I don't think a lot of parents want to be the bad guy, but we have to be the bad guy because they are truly the future. Like the song says, the children are the future. And so we have to prepare them to be the next doctors, the next you know, influencers through marketing or whatever they decide to do, pipe fitters, railroad, whatever, you know, they have to be prepared for that. But we we really have to get on them about the financial part because you want red bottoms, but how do you afford red bottoms? You know, we're not putting this money out the sky. There is no money tree in the back. So financial aid, financial literacy is something that we really need to start pushing early on. you know, as soon as kids are able to count, we need to talk to them about savings accounts and bank accounts and, you know, how accumulating debt in college can affect you long term. Because a lot of 40 year olds are unable to purchase homes because they may not have been taught financial literacy because we have the college debt that you speak of. You know, it's a lot. So as a community, finance and um, financial literacy is something we really, really need to focus on. Like we focus on hair and lashes. <laughs> Because I want my hair, my lashes. And as someone who retired from the beauty industry, uh, to your please uh, <laughs> send her my way. I'm always welcome to Zoom her. Nail techs make a lot of money. They do. Um, Bonner Brothers is actually this weekend um, at the time of this recording in New Orleans. And it is filled with nail techs that are making upwards of $1,000 a day. So there's that. Right. Um, Now, I do want (laughs) to ask you uh, about the data retrieval tool. So you mentioned back in the day you had to get your mama taxes and all this kind of stuff. And hopefully you filled it out and get your mother uh, audited and all the things. (laughs) Um, But now, since everything is online, you can click the button in FAFSA 
and do the what's called the data retrieval tool or the DRT. Right. Now, soon as you say IRS and DRT, it is often met with H-E-L-L-N-O. <laughs> um, so what is the fear about the tool? Because no matter what, <laughs> your, your taxes are your taxes. But to help prevent the mistakes, you could just click the button and make sure everything is in. It also doesn't delay your student from maybe uh, have from corrections um, and having that financial aid and starting school on time. So explain to us a little bit more about where we are with the data retrieval tool and what are some pluses and maybe any barriers or any challenges with it. So you are absolutely positively right. I should ship you a gold star because whenever IRS is mentioned, there is a shutdown. Like there is a whole conversation about mail. I don't want to know about your return, how much you're going to receive. That isn't important. You know, just knowing that they have to supply the information is kind of scary because when you think the IRS, that's everybody in your family's social security number on this one sheet of paper. So I get it, but is necessary for the faster. Um, but let me say this first. For parents who may have attempted school 20 years ago, um, also may have been to school, forgot username, tried it, didn't come back. A lot of their issue with the IRS retrieval is that they don't know their username and password. So that's something that I would advise every parent or returning student as an adult to before you start school, figure out if you know what your username and password is because you need that in order to use the IRS data retrieval. Um, and if you don't have it, you have to reset it and resetting it is a whole nother task. You have to send in two forms of identification via email. They take seven to 10 days processing it and sending you information to say they have updated it or not. So. Let's do that. Let's make sure that if we already attempted FAFSA, even if it was years ago or last week, let's try to see if we can figure out what the username and password is, okay? Now, once we're in there, the second issue that a lot of people run into is the address because the taxes that you're using are from two years prior, okay? So some people move, may have forgotten what the address is on their taxes. So it has to match exactly. If there was an apartment number on there, it needs to be on the retrieval. If it was something was misspelled on your taxes, too bad, so sad, it needs to be spelled the exact same way on the retrieval. Otherwise, it will not bring it up. You know, so just those little quirks are some things I like to tell parents to kind of look for when they're doing FAFSA on their own. But your question was a two part. It's scary because it's IRS. But the IRS already has all your information. And so the exactly. school <laughs> the exactly. school is not going to do anything with this information. It's going directly on. And so I work in schools and I actually work with parents. I can step away as you enter your social security information. Um, if you don't feel comfortable and somebody's in there, ask them to move, put it in. It's going to go ahead and move on to the next page on, on the screen. So that's not an issue. Just go ahead and put it in there because all of your information is in the world anyway. So there's no reason to be afraid of it. Just fill it out because in states that require the FAFSA, you have to do it anyway. Um, and then for even for the states that don't require it, you want your student to have access 
to any money that they can have, especially the free dollars. Um, if you're going to go to school, you can use it for beauty and barber. You can use it. Some community colleges allow truck driving, you know, just anything. You have up to a whole year to use that particular FAFSA. Your student isn't going to go to school, so you say. But in six months, everybody else left. Now they've decided they want to go. But they, they, you know that this FAFSA is right, you know. So just try to get it done. Don't be afraid of the IRS retrieval. It is a great tool to use if you can navigate it. If you cannot, when you fill out the FAFSA, it tells you the line numbers that you need from the tax form. So you only need the actual 1040. You can go line by line. In parentheses, it says we need line one. <laughs> we need line 11. You know, so if you're having difficulties, use the chat feature on FAFSA. Call the 1-800 number. If you have a guidance counselor that has been helpful, get them to help you. Reach out to your local organizations that do FAFSA for free. Or you can contact me and I can help you for a minimal fee to do fast, but to make sure that it's done right. You know, um, just don't be afraid though. You know, it's just simple. They've simplified it so much that you really can't go wrong. It, 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 it's a lot, but just, just complete it and don't be afraid of it. I think the fear is something that also lives in the community. Fear of being audited, fear of um, doing it wrong, fear just because you've not done it. And so it makes you scared. So you make your, your child afraid to do it as well. But there's no fear there. If you get it wrong, it could be fixed. You can correct it. Um, it's, it's, so just just get it done. I know that was a lot. Point, my, my son had, um, he received scholarships when he graduated, but then he also needed uh, his grants. So, I mean, depending on what your child's path is, and we knew early on with his, like you said, we knew probably about seventh or eighth grade, he was already into business. And so May 9th, we will have a graduate of Arizona State University, woo -woo, but he started out um, at Texas Southern University. So when he switched, he lost even some of his credits. So either way, he needed and now he has a son and everything so I don't even have nothing to do with it now it's above me so I don't have to be a part of it so my, my thing is don't be scared this is a parent myself um not just talking as a host right now I'm talking as a parent it it may seem scary you may get an email saying hey we need some correct information they may even need to verify you because maybe it's not showing that you ever gave birth to that child so maybe they just need to verify that it's not you especially if you're in school yourself they may require you to do some verification um and often if you're denied um uh, for something, that's great because then that child may be eligible for more grants, but you won't know what your child is eligible for if you don't try. And so, again, education is one way in our community that we can close the wealth gap. And this goes whether you are 18 or 88. If you are going back to school or going to school for the first time, um, whether it's a two-year trade school any, or a four-year college, it is something to consider um, to Dr. Young's point because that takes that, some of that, may take some of that pressure off of you with funds that 
um, you don't have to pay back possibly. And then for those that you may have to pay back, like she said, make sure that you're taking the counseling part of it, making sure that you understand they now have tools. It'll tell you what your estimated monthly payment would be if you were to take all of the money. So you know out the gate, um, if you know you can't afford a thousand dollars a month, uh, you don't need to do that. <laughs> you know, if you know you're not going to work hard enough to supplement that into your um, your bills every month once you come out of school, then you know you may need to pull up on that. Um, if you know that you're willing to risk it all to get to a certain level, it, it, you know, it, it's just about you. Everybody has a different goal. Obviously, she's Dr. Young. Um, I'm looking to be Dr. Johnson Hutchinson. Everybody has their own trajectory in school. And so what it looks like for one may not look like that for another. Some people I know for beauty school, now this is telling my age again, I didn't owe anything because it was only $3,200 to go to school back then. So my Pell Grant paid for everything. So I didn't have to pay, which was great because I had a child already. So you don't know what you're going to have if you do not do the work. But if you know that you don't have the confidence to fill the paperwork out yourself online, um, you don't want your baby to see that you don't know how to do it, let us maybe forego a beauty shop appointment or a nail appointment um, and get with Dr. Young or someone else in your area that is credible enough to help you fill out. Now, I say credible. Don't land yourself on the news. Um, But... Because sometimes with money, we, we do these things and we, you know, things get tricky. Um, but don't land yourself in trouble. Keep my this still the feds, right? Um, so make sure that you and your child have considered their path, that you all have talked about this. So that way you'll know maybe how much money that may take for that particular uh, degree program or trade program. And then that way, when you talk to Felicia, you can say, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. She can tell you, okay, there are grants for the majority of this, but you may need to fill out uh, grants and uh, possible loans for maybe X, Y, Z dollar based on what the current cost of school is at the school that you're going to or help you identify certain things that you need to go after. Now, the final question that I have for you um, is the long haul, because financial literacy of any kind, uh, obtaining wealth or upskilling of any kind is a long haul thing. I think sometimes people think it's a get rich quick thing, or um, I'm going to get my financial aid, I'm going to buy me a house, a car, a business, or being influenced, I'm about to come up off these people's money, all these other things. Um, but we have to think about that when we're talking about our children, they may not know what they want to do the first two years. So some of the money may get squandered while they're discovering what it is that they truly want to do. Um, but ultimately, financial literacy is a long haul thing. And FAFSA may certainly be a part of that. Even the repayment, it may be a long haul thing. How do you communicate that? Or what's your advice to parents and students um, who may? Uh, be looking to apply for financial aid and may helping them understand that although it's a long haul, it's an investment in themselves. It's not like this is about them and about their future. And it's not like necessarily a roll of a dice. They're, they are Their future is greater than dice. This is about financial wellness, a job opportunity, a chance at uh, equity um, in the community. So how do you frame that, I guess that might be the better way. How do you frame that to parents and to students to help them understand that financial 
wealth or, or whatever you're trying to contain, obtain financially or education wise, it is often a long haul process, even through the repayment part. Well, education is an investment into your life. And so you have to think about the cost of that education. So for a lot of students, attending a community college and transferring to a four-year is beneficial for them financially because just maybe attending a four-year straight out the gate is a lot of money. So really evaluating your family's financial situation and not being ashamed to have those conversations with your students. If you want to attend a four-year, and at this point, we just can't do that without obtaining loans, and that's not something that a family wants to do, really sitting down and figuring out how much tuition is um, if you have to stay home and not live on campus, because campus requires uh, housing and, and food fees, you know, just trying to figure out what it is that you as a family can afford, because students sometimes will take out debts, which 20 years ago, we were told it was good debt, but we see now that it's debt that's holding a lot of people back from their dreams of the American dream. So just being aware of that and figuring out a family plan of what we can do. I've seen plenty of students become very successful attending a community college um, to take prereqs because that's the only thing that you do in the first two years of attending school anyway. Um, So, you know, if that is an option for you, look into that. If your student has the scholarships and financial aid to attend a four-year, try to figure out how you can do that Um, while eliminating debt at the same time. You don't want them to be settled with $50,000 and $100,000 worth of debt just to obtain a bachelor's degree because the money looks good on the front end from the loans because you have to repay this money with interest, you know, and just being aware of that, making sure you use the tools, talking to financial aid on your campuses as well as admissions to see how much the tuition is going to be. Paula, you mentioned that your son went to school in Texas from Louisiana. You know, that's out-of-state fees. I don't know, you know, if you guys were able to talk to someone about the fees, but, you know, a lot of times really smart students can get those out-of-state fees waived. So, you know, just if you have a student that wants to go out-of-state, that's something else to talk to them about because you have to figure out money-wise. As adults, we understand that dreams are dreams, but they must be financed somehow. So just having a conversation and being aware, and this is the, that's a great way to get a student to understand how money actually works by using their own personal experience. If tuition is $50,000 a year and you don't have a $20,000 in financial aid, then we have somebody has to cover this cost. Where's the money going to come from? It, it's, we have to have a real conversation because I think in an effort to give children things we didn't have, we have inflated their idea of what's possible. Um, A lot of things are possible, but we have to also be realistic because when you become an adult, how do they learn to manage realistic expectations of themselves if we've never given them that as children? Like, yeah, you you can be anything you want to be with hard work. You know, you have to but that work is hard, <laughs> really hard, you know, and financing yourself and figuring out. And once, you know, you start to have babies and bills and, you know, life starts to happen. So giving them the, the chance to fly over the nest. I like using the bird analogy, you know, birds get kicked out the nest. But as an adult, you know, if you hover over the nest, 
we might can help you get your wings together. But if you never learn how, when the nest is gone, how will you survive? You know, and so using this month, financial literacy to find some free events in your community to take your young children to or high school students. They have jobs teaching them to save and have bank accounts. This is the time for that. You know, just planning all overall is just a good thing. You gave great advice, like as always. And to your point, um, he would not have went to TSU without those fees being waived. Uh, so luckily for us, he was an honor student at the time. Um, he earned, he did, he answered his own questions. He did his own interview. <clears throat> Excuse me. He did everything. So it was great. And so for us and for him, it was, it's been a great ride, a great experience. And although when he switched schools, he lost some credits. Um, he also got to get the work experience. He got scholarships. Uh, to the Thunderbird School part of ASU. They only accept like 2% of who applies. And he was one of those 2%. And this is also where you talk to kids about doing well in school. Um, You are literally able, even for myself, I have a class that I um, was $2,600 for my doctoral program. And they came and slid through my email and said that I was getting a scholarship. So when they slid through that, that email, I was like, Shundo, <laughs> you know, so I, I'm just telling y'all the truth. Like, I, I'm being very honest. Right. Um, I, I am an A student. So listen, um, I, I don't tell my children to do anything that I wouldn't do. And so when it comes to academic excellence, I know and I understand in my family, personally, um, I'm only two generations removed from sharecropping, you know, um, so when you, especially being from the South, you know what it is to have, to be marginalized, um, to have historical marginalizations because some of it is still going on. And then of course, as we branch out and move all over the United States, we know this is still historically has gone on. Um, although people move for opportunity, barriers were still set up. So in order for us to break down some of those barriers, we must be educated with enough knowledge when the barrier comes up that you can either break it down or jump over it. And so, Dr. Young, how do we stay connected with you um, if uh, parents or students have questions or those returning back to school um, or they feel like now this is my season, this is the second quarter, it's financial literacy month, maybe they've been saving some coins, uh, maybe they've been thinking about going to school all this time. So what, um, how do we keep in touch with you? You can definitely go onto the website, um, hmofed.com, which stands for highmindseducation.com. The website has a a wealth of information where you're able to go on, find out about about scholarships, find out about how to book a session um, to just discuss getting fast completed as well as anything else college related. But can I can I say one thing about something else, Paula, that we didn't touch on? Yes. I think it's important. Yes, knock it so, out. Okay. <laughs> there is um a new legislation that passed called Second Chance Pale. And so this is for incarcerated students as well as those um students who are in reentry programs. They are now able to receive Pell Grant and financial aid. Yes. And so it starts in July. 
higher minds of education and went to a conference and we are now aligning ourselves with different organizations. So if anyone out there has a re-entry program and they need some assistance helping their students apply for FAFSA, we are open for those partnerships um, because this is a huge thing, especially for black and brown communities because so many young men were incarcerated for marijuana sales and unjustly incarcerated. And so getting them back out to their families, being able to be productive citizens and being able to have a Pell Grant and financial aid to assist them, this is huge. So like I said, the law takes effect in July. And so anybody out there that needs any help or assistance, please reach out to Dr. Young at Higher Minds of Education because that I was... I was like jumping to the heels when I heard that this is actually happening um, because it's going to be huge and it's going to change history for a lot of families. Being able to have access yes. to education can change your entire family's history. Like you noted, I'm only two generations from sharecropping too. Um, you know, I, I sit in awe of my grandmothers because I am Dr. Young because they were able to survive unimaginable racism and sexism and just a harsh life you know for me to be Dr. Young I stand on their shoulders and so it is my it is my heart's work to make sure that I'm able to set a path not only for my own children but for other families to be able to do what they need to do to keep their generations going and and like you said financial literacy so just I just wanted to make sure I pointed out that part about second chance pill and I'm done She also has an article this month, y'all, in 225 Magazine. She forgot to bring that up as well. Um, so okay, Dr. Young is booked and busy. Um, but if you check out uh, 225 Magazine, there you will find her. Well, once again, she is an expert at this. Just like you all get experts for these dresses, these BBLs, these wigs and units and things. Um, you know, you wouldn't come out with a, a, a lopsided wig. Uh, the same thing when it comes to education. You need to plan. Um, you all can't see her, baby, but I just remember when she wasn't even thought of it, like the old people say. Um, and to see her and see Dr. Young grow her business, it has just been awesome to watch. And like she said, her passion is to see communities literate. And that's why Stiletto Talks aligns ourselves with people such as her um, and her business to make sure that you all are aware of what's coming. And like she said, the second chance pill is going to change the trajectory of many communities. Um, and again, this is the long haul thing, right? Because you got to go right. to school and complete. Um, but I also, uh, once we come off of this, I'm going to send you an email this week. I'll probably connect you. Um, that probably be the easiest um, with our uh, Commission of African-American Affairs out here because she does have a re-entry program. And mm-hmm. I think she would be very interested to hear that because she may not be aware of that. Um, so she's a mentor of mine. Um, and I think you all would do great together. So you all, I hope that you play this over and over and <laughs> over again. Follow Dr. Young. She is on Instagram. She is on Facebook. Of course, she has her website. Listen, and we may, um, I have to get a release from her because she got her little cutie puff on here. Um, but um, we may put this up on uh, YouTube as well. But I'm telling y'all, like, for real, for real. Come up with a plan for Financial Literacy Month. Think about your your children. Think about yourself. Think about your goals. Like she said, help your children own their goals, 
own what it is you want to do and how do you plan to pay for it? What are you willing to do to pay for it to obtain it? Um, And so the more that we have these conversations, that means these conversations will be passed down from generation to generation. We can't just pass down Jordans and Jordans and Jordans. Your children may never have the feet to wear the size Jordans that you had. But we definitely want to, as she said, stand on shoulders instead of walking in shoes. Uh, such a, And like I said, no shade to the shoes. I love a good pair of kicks and stuff. How be it ever? Uh, we, we're, we're talking about literacy and ultimately um, improving communities, improving homes, and, and education is a great way to do that. Um, so if you like what you're hearing, definitely make sure that you stay connected with us at the Stiletto Talks podcast. We're on Pandora. Um, um, our, our, what is it, Lord? I heart. We're everywhere. <laughs> uh, Stitcher, you can find us everywhere. Um, and then, um, of course, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, we're everywhere. Um, and then, of course, uh, you can check us out on www.thestilettotalks.com, where we also have the magazine, snippets of the podcast, and our YouTube channel as well. Um, it has been a pleasure of talking to Dr. Young and her twin, <laughs> um, who came in the room and then took over for the 99 and the 2000. <laughs> Take over spirit. That's her. <laughs> she is a handful and she is her mother's twin. She is gorgeous. Um, we thank you as always, Dr. Young, for being with us. Um, definitely stay connected with us. We hope to bring her on again soon to definitely talk about this uh, second chance pill um, in July. This is going to be huge um, for, for many families um, and, and ultimately changing the trajectory of many communities. So thank you and we will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.